politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots, to the one and only CR podcast here at Blaze TV. Fellow Minutemen, are you ready to stand at the ready to fight for liberty? We are really excited to start our new organization. Maybe we'll make it a 501c4 Constitution Action Network. We're going to have a website up soon where, as I mentioned yesterday, I'm going to be nothing more than a matchmaker. Simply matching patriots in each state that are like-minded, that listen to this show, that know other people who are like-minded and want to serve as minimum and these state Liberty Strike Force teams that hopefully you'll divide even further and focus on counties, we have no other choice. Look, I'm tired. I feel like walking away. It's Friday. I'm exhausted. It's the last day before I head out to uh, Nevada. Really looking forward to seeing all you guys at Front Sight. Um, I think there's going to be about 50 of you in addition to at least another 100 other people from Patriot Academy. So this is going to be a great opportunity to be with just God-loving, America-loving men and women who revere the Constitution, revere our our, uh, values, really learn great shooting techniques, defensive techniques, learn about the Constitution. Rick Green and I will talk a little bit about what's going on. And we'll talk about this... this strategy that I'm that I'm proposing. And I want you to first understand why it's needed. You see, every hour there's another headline in the news, whether it makes a big headline that everyone knows about or whether people don't even know about it. That is civilization changing. And there's no response. There's nobody leading the charge. Do you know that on military bases right now, the soldiers must always have a mask on anywhere on the base, even outdoors, but they can't carry a gun in the military on a base? Oh, and by the way, we're going to have extra Saudi and God knows what other foreign trainees unvetted on our soil. Do you hear any outrage You know, even about the purging of our military, it's a handful of those, you know, the Marjorie Taylor types and the Lauren Babbitt from Colorado, the new ones. But generally speaking, aside from them, you don't hear it. And folks, this is the story of every GOP legislature right now. See, right now we don't really feel it in the House because, oh, well, you know, House and Senate Democrats have it anyway. But one after another, we wonder, why is it not that different in areas that Trump voted, that where people voted for Trump by a 70-80% margin? Why is it not that different? I don't know. I can't really figure it out. I don't know about you, but I can't figure it out. You tell me. But maybe we'll try to figure it out. Because here's the deal. Let me start off with an analogy. Picture you have, I don't know, God forbid a guy leaves his home and he hears that someone came in and did horrible things to his wife and family. Maybe they're still there, still doing it. Actually, he's doing it out in the open. And you race home. And you come in there, and you get to the precipice, the porch, freeze frame. What what would you do? Well, I think anyone in this audience is listening to this show because you're sane. You would fly through that door, and you would beat the guy to a pulp. And preferably with your bare hands. And and break every bone in his body. Okay, that's, that's what you would do. Now, imagine instead you walk in there and say, hey, uh, would you like a nice cold one from the refrigerator? Or at best, like, look, you know, 
Look, I mean, don't try to rape my wife. I mean, it's not it's not so nice. I mean, you know, come on, she's married to me, and it's not really how it's supposed to be. Could, could you please stop that? That is basically sums up every GOP legislature that officially has three to one, four to one, five to one majorities in some cases. That's what I'm seeing. That at its core is what I'm trying to change. We have no choice. And again, at a county level, same thing. That's what this Constitution Action Network is going to be where we just put together strike teams that will raise that hell. You did what? The governor did what? The president did what? And you're letting them get away with it? You're not passing the equivalent of like the Freedom Caucus guys in each in each chamber's bill? SB 22 in Ohio now? To get rid of the emergency? You're not doing this? And you shame them and shame them and we're going to come up with the strategies. We have no other choice. But that's what's happening in state legislatures right now. Where basically each one, you have 10 guys that are hardcore, that are patriots. And they're like, whatever, we're not doing the COVID fascism. But then you have the GOP leadership bill where they nibble around the edges or they're very diffident. They lack confidence. They look like they're almost ashamed of it. Well, I don't really like it. You know, come on, we are the legislature. We should have a say. That's what I'm noticing looking around, speaking with a lot of different people from, you know, six, seven different states this week. This is what's happening. You, we had an entire year of governors just ground and pounding our people. The worst suspension of civil liberties that is still being sustained and no end in sight. And you get back in session. And you should be like a, like a bull in a china shop. Boom, boom, boom. I mean, if not impeachment against the governor, but certainly, I mean, you have super majorities. COVID fascism is done. Then you have the reform bill that you could never do this again. Then we launch investigations as to who, who advised you and how you got arose at those decisions. That's what a normal, sane legislature would do. Frankly, you wouldn't have waited eight months. Going back to my analogy, you would drive home immediately. Oh, Daniel, uh, the law says that the governor has to call them back in session. So the law also says that the governor can't suspend life, liberty, and property. And that if you shut down a business, you have to give them just compensation. So if they're going to shred the Bill of Rights... If you have the Fourth Reich get into power, be like, the legislature can't convene? Of course, they represent the people. If that guy violates a level 100 constitutional natural law provision, you could violate a level 3 in order to terminate the level 100. We got to get beyond that stupidity. But anyway, even in the best cases, people are asking me about this. So Wisconsin... Okay, Wisconsin. That was a good bill. They got rid of the mask mandate. Now, Evers went and reissued it because they don't have any diffidence, any lack of confidence. They're bold. Now, I don't know what they're going to do, but they should come back again and nullify it and send instructions to the counties to defy it, and they should basically block everything Evers wants to do and they should have articles of impeachment against him. But what bothers me is more their attitude. They look like thieves in the middle of the night. They basically, I'm paraphrasing here, and, and, and look, there might have been some good guys out there giving floor speeches. I'm not following every floor speech of every legislature. But my point is, they were saying, look, we're not against masks. The masks aren't the issue. We just, like, you can't do this without the legislature. And that's true. That needs to be part of the discussion. But they show that they're terrified. So the other side is like, well, you're basically saying I have the right argument, but it's a technicality. So who's going to win that? We have so much information, as I said yesterday, about the harms of masks, the children, the ADA stuff, 
the insane lack of efficacy. Do you know in Oklahoma now, maybe I'll get to this later, there's actually, they actually had data of mass counties versus non-mass counties. The only state that I think did it at a state level, meaning a state-run website, did this. And they showed, as almost every single analysis shows, the mass counties did worse. And it was published in their weekly PDF, the COVID kind of surveillance data update. The last couple of weeks, they stopped publishing it. It's kind of interesting. Oklahoma. So that's something to consider. We have such a wealth of information. It's also what I talked about yesterday that even our guys that oppose it, they're just so lacking confidence that even in their own private get-together, they're too scared to stand up for it. Why? This, 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 and I'll tell you why. Because we don't have counter-pressure. They're only hearing one side. Let's move on to Kentucky. You know, same thing. A lot of people are saying, well, Daniel, you said that they have the opportunity to override the vetoes with just 51%. Well, didn't they do it? Yeah, they did, but they passed a garbage bill. They passed a garbage bill. And then are you hearing any legislature that is passing self-defense bills? I think in Missouri they are pushing a bill. One of my ideas is going to be one of our action items, an anti-lynch mobbing bill where you could totally run over those that are threatening to lynch you in a car if you're caught in a crowd and you're not going to get prosecuted. And speaking of which, folks, when you come out to front sight with me, you're going to need a holster. Now, it's too late to get it for this trip, but a lot of people don't pay attention to it. You're going to learn very clearly why you need a good holster when we you know, practice draw shooting. If you're looking for the perfect accessory to go with that perfect firearm and get an American-made holster... My friends at We The People Holsters have you covered. Starting at just 40 bucks, We The People Holsters are custom molded to fit your firearm perfectly. They have thousands of options, right-handed, left-handed. Um, they have proprietary clip designs that allow you to easily adjust both the cant and the ride. It's comfortable, it's snug, it's secure. Go to wethepeopleholsters.com forward slash CR, forward slash CR. And while you're there, by the way, check out their premium printed hoodies, Long sleeve shirts. They have cool EDC tactical gun belts. That's also really, really important. Um, I, I even learned that out at Front Sight, the importance of the belt, um, which comes paired with the patented Cobra buckle. Every holster and gun belt come with a lifetime guarantee. Doesn't fit, you could get a refund. So again, go to wethepeopleholsters.com forward slash CR. Get an additional additional $10 off with offer code CR. So wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR. Offer code CR. But I want to get back to Kentucky here. So they passed SB1, which said that the governor has to get permission from the legislature after 30 days in order to continue an emergency. And that would necessitate the legislature coming back in session. So it's a good bill. Now, I would rather they only go 15 days. 30 days is too long without the legislature. But, okay. Um, I think that was an amendment, by the way, from Representative Savannah Maddox. She's in northern Kentucky, like north northeastern Kentucky. Savannah Maddox, um, she's, she is awesome. And maybe I'll get her on the show at some point. But she, she needs to run for governor there. And these are the type of people we need to identify and, and groom to run for governor and things like that. That's going to be a part. It's going to be one of the tabs to organize um, and support candidates, which is why we might have to be a 501c4. But anyway, it's a good bill, and we do need to make sure the legislatures are in session. Okay, so you know, the without the permission of the legislature, the order should be terminated, and that should include masks and everything. But then they passed HB1, that was a House bill, but it passed both, and the governor vetoed it, and they overrode the veto. It said businesses and schools have to open. Well, that's, that's awesome, right? Nope. If they follow the guidelines of the CDC, talk about drinking coffee with a fork. <laughs> that's the whole enchilada, folks. 
I mean, this is what Republicans do. They have a fake fight. The Democrats already pretty much have to come to that position anyway. They can't have a full shutdown. This is what they're doing. And I understand if you're going to tell me, I don't know, a state like Minnesota, where you have a radical governor and attorney general, you have a Democrat, and I'm sorry if I'm mixing it up, I think it's a Democrat Senate and a Republican House, unless it's the other way around. Republicans have one body, it's split. So you can say, that's the best we can get. But if you're telling me you have super majorities in both houses to the point that you could override his veto by a mile, even losing some rhinos, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why don't we have a Ron DeSantis in every governorship in every state legislature. Because we don't demand it. We don't push it. We don't pay attention. This is our problem. So they're nibbling around the edges. Ohio. Ohio is the worst state. It's worse than my state of Maryland. DeWine is an animal. How is he able to get away with this stuff? How? Tell me. And I'm not seeing any swift action. They've been in session for a while. They're talking about things. But SB 22, that's the big one. That cancels the entire thing, I believe. SB 22. So one of the things I want to do is find the best legislation in each state. And if they don't have some of the things we want, we pressure some of the better members to introduce them, and we light a fire under it. These are some of the things we're going to do. Now look, in some states, you have some organizations somewhat doing this, but the beauty of our thing is we're going to be lean. We're going to focus on any issue we need to. It's not necessarily COVID. That's certainly the most all-encompassing issue of our life at this point. And by the way, another big issue we need, there's a Georgia bill. Again, none of these are probably going to see the light of leadership, but demand maybe this one would, demanding visitation rights and, and nursing homes. That's a civil right. That, that I mean... We talk about child abuse, but the elder abuse is sick. I mean, that, that is demonic, what is going on in these states. So that's, that's another action item. We're going to have a bunch of these. You know, we'll have you know, maybe a bullet point of 20 issues or so, and we'll check them off. And, and you start your own, kind of like a homeschool pod, you start your own Liberty Strike Force. You'll become affiliated. We'll put you on the website so people could join. And then, look, you know, It'll be up to you guys to create a leadership structure and a, you know, command and control. And um, you know, you could come to me for guidance. And likewise, I'll I'm going to take my guidance from you. You're going to have to inform me what's going on so I can help magnify the message because I can't keep track of everything. But this is the broad problem with state legislatures. They're so diffident. They're so lacking confidence. These are Republicans, even the ones that kind of know it's wrong. I mean, how, what percentage of elected Republicans in any given body oppose COVID fascism? Not just one or two straw men, bad examples of what Cuomo or Gavin Newsom did. I mean, the entire premise of it. It's a, it's a small percentage. We need to grow that. It's about creating a shadow government. A shadow government. Okay? That is the key that I think all of us need to push. You guys are smarter than any of these people. And, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to have a shadow. You know, you have people that will take care of certain issues, certain strategies, shadow boxing certain members. Okay, there's 10 rhinos in the legislature. There's rhinos in the county. Bang away at them. Make draw political cartoons of them them on a leash with Biden, you know, just uh, walking them. They don't feel, they rarely feel that type of heat. They only feel the heat from the special interest whores, not from the people. All those astroturfed, you know, I mean, we're sitting and scrounging this up with no money. I mean, they have, they have millions of dollars for every tiny organization you never heard of. Totally astroturfed. But we got to deal with what we have. It's like sometimes, you know what I feel watching these Republican congressmen, legislatures, phony conservative organizations, phony conservative talk show hosts? They remind me of that viral video everyone's talking about in Burma with that coup going on. 
And there was a woman who put out a daily exercise video or something, and she was right in front of it, dancing around, doing these weird movements. And you literally had the tanks rolling in the back of her. And it was like she was just going on doing her thing. And that's what everyone reminds me. They remind me of that. It's like, huh? They are purging our military in a way that is reminiscent of the worst despotic regimes. They're abusing our soldiers. They're abusing our children. They're abusing our seniors. Where are you giving voice to it, much less giving votes and enforcement in the areas where we supposedly have control? Well, that's the answer. It answers itself. That's why we don't have control. We don't get on the playing field. Now, to me, the Republicans in Congress are a lost cause. But I just want to always lay down a marker of what I think they're capable of doing, just so you know it doesn't have to be this way. So Marjorie Taylor Greene was stripped of her committee assignments. If you had a sane Republican Party, what you would do is you would you would hold a shadow Congress. Everyone would resign their committees in protest. Imagine that. Empty out the chamber. Hey, buddy, go have it. And if you and the and and you would go into a separate facility and you would hold a shadow Congress. And I'm going to explain that in a minute. But first, you would give a speech, and you would explain your rationale to the American people, and you would say, "Yeah, the majority typically controls, but they have abused the minority beyond belief. They don't allow them to talk without a diaper. They make them they get frisked." Frist at the metal detectors, which, by the way, both of those things violate Article 1, Section 6. They cannot be restrained. They have the right to go freely. And then the next clause of Article 1, Section 6, they have the right to free debate and not get punished for what they say. And they have all sorts of limitations on what they could say. They're not allowed to offer amendments anymore. And the committees don't do anything. Congress doesn't do anything. All the Everything is done by the executive branch and the courts. The only things they do are pass emergency bills and budget bills that are crafted by the executive branch and slammed on the floor within five hours before it's voted on. There's no deb- there is no committee work. It's not like the 1950s and 1960s. They don't do committee work anymore. This is a bipartisan problem. But what this Democrat majority went a step further and they banned them from speaking, they cover their mouths. You can't do that to a congressman. Aside from the human right violation in general, they have a right to debate freely. They don't have a right to a guaranteed outcome. And if you have a majority vote, you vote it down. But they represent their constituents. You can't do that to people. I'm not even going to get to the fact that you have Swalwell, who was in bed with a Chinese spy and is on the Intel and Homeland Security Committee. Committees, there's two of them he's on. You got Alcee Hastings, who literally took a bribe and was impeached by the House 30 years ago. You know, 1989, it was like uh, 413 to 3, and then he was convicted by the Senate and removed. No problem. Obviously, Elon Omer, they accuse Marjorie Taylor of getting roped into these anti-Semitic conspiracies or um, 9-11 stuff. That's exactly what Ilan Omar said last year. Nothing happened, sir. We're not going to participate in this sadistic behavior anymore. And mind you, mind you, none of us believe they should be expelled. I believe they should be exposed and ridiculed. But And you try to defeat them in their district, but if you can't, you can. I mean, they're elected. I mean, in a perfect world, someone like Ilan Omer would be thrown out just simply because she literally does have Hezbollah and Hamas on speed dial. But the problem is if we say that nowadays, because we have we have such moral relativism going on that they equate conservative organizations with Hamas. So if we do that, they'll say, well, you're you're with terrorists, but they're, they're doing that anyway. The point is, we don't desire to do that. You're doing that to us. So you know what? You guys don't do anything anyway, and you pass the few things you pass, you have the votes anyway, screw it. Go have it. That way they'll have a free lane, and they won't have Republicans as a punching bag. Do what you want. Do what you want. And then what I would do is I'd have rumble videos. So you go in a non, you go in a secure, non-censored place, and people would love it. 
and you have it like a talk show. You bring down the most interesting witnesses. Again, there's no constitutional authority. Obviously, you can't pass legislation. You can't do anything. It's not legally grounded. But frankly, what they do in the real house is nothing anyway. So you actually may as well put out real reports and do real investigations and bring real witnesses. One after another, I, I, I could get them witnesses on every facet of COVID fascism and expose and expose and expose. Imagine if we had a Republican conference that did that. Field hearings. Shadow Congress. You have committees. This one focuses on health. This one does this. Right? Again, it's not binding, but everything nowadays is a messaging war anyway. Congress is all about virtue signaling. They don't do anything. So he's made as well virtue signal in a more effective way. That's basically my plan. You would all resign in protest from your committees, and you'd form a shadow field hearing type of Congress. But you know what? Alas, we only had 29% who are willing to remove Liz Cheney just from leadership in a private vote. So where there we are with that. That is why they're so weak. They're so weak because we allow them to get away with it. We have to draw a line in the sand. I don't know if we'll be successful. That's for God. But it's incumbent upon us to make the protest. So at least people know the bad legislation they're pushing, the good things that they can be doing and aren't doing, the facts. If you get enough people in each of these Liberty Strike Forces, you're not going to get burned out like me. You have a division of labor. And, and, and you guys have great ideas. I mean, run with it. All I'm going to do is just matchmake everyone, get everyone together through the audience of this show in a secure way so you don't have to worry about being outed. You know, just where do I find people? I'm too scared. There's a lot of that. People's jobs. We could help form better associations with um, you know, business owners that are under, under siege. I'm getting some great emails from some of you. Um, and, and again, my only regret is that I don't have enough time to give each of your emails the proper um, focus that it, it deserves from the time that and I'm really touched at the time some of you take to write to me. I, you know, I just it's the volume and, and, and it, it's a good thing. The volume has become so great. It's a little bit tough, but um, you know, hopefully we'll have a list of volunteers to try to help work the site. Um, we might need a little money in the end for for cybersecurity just because it's gonna it's gonna become a target. It's something that one of the, our volunteers brought up, and I totally uh, never thought of that. So that's probably something we're gonna need. But again, I mean, the information is gonna come from the show. It's gonna come from my articles, and it's gonna come from all the other resources that other people put out. We'll link to some friendlies, some allies, um, and things like that. And we could all think of good ways to make the website better when we get it out, hopefully next week. But this is the imperative. You can't get the ball in the end zone if you think you already do, if you think you you already have it there. And the bottom line is, I mean, there is not a single state, there is not a single county in this country you can live freely. Tell me, tell me that county where my kids could go to school without a mask where I don't have trace and spy, where I could go to a doctor's office without anti-medicine, anti-science abuse. Tell me, tell me where that is. There's 3,400 counties in this country. Give me one. I'll move there. That is our job. There is something we're doing wrong if we don't have a tiny list, at least, of places we can go. There's places that are slightly better, and maybe those are the places that you start with to make constitutional constitutional sanctuaries. But, dude, we don't have a place that we can live that abides by American traditional values and liberties circa February 2020, much less... 20 years ago, 50 years ago, 100, 200 years ago. That is why the GOP-dominated state legislatures are so weak. It doesn't have to be that way. That's my goal here. 
Now, folks, I'm losing my voice here, and also I got to cut it short, got to prepare for the trip to see you guys next week, but I wanted to tie up a couple of loose ends today just before we, uh, we go on. One of the things that I think is so important for all of us to remember is that the more you create opposition, the more you create opposition. Now, I know that truism sounds really unprofound, but it really is true. Everything's a momentum. And it's like, I think we all sense bubbling beneath the surface. Look, clearly if 74 million people voted for Trump despite some of his flaws and certainly all the media lies, you know, you can't even find anywhere where there's positive news about him. Certainly there's at least that many patriots and likely there's a lot of other people that either didn't vote, even a couple who voted for Biden, but they, they fundamentally don't like this radicalism going on that are ready to burst out if you only had leadership. And I think a good example is in Florida, you know, this morning, this woman, Emily Burns, I don't know who she is. She has a Smiles Matter DM uh, hashtag, something we should all use, Smiles Matter. And it's a fascinating Twitter thread. I wanted to share with you if you haven't seen it. And I think it's very, very telling about this with Florida. And and look, I've said myself that Florida you know, still has a lot, you know, <laughs> it's not exactly normal everywhere. It does depend on where you are. Um, and I don't know exactly where she is, but she said, last weekend I escaped to Florida from Massachusetts, the fascist hellhole I'm cursed to call home. Everything you have heard is true. They have real people there, not the zombies, that people, the blue wastelands, people smile, they laugh, they acknowledge you, join me. I was in Miami. Okay, well, here it is, Miami, uh, where there is a mask mandate where, which is mercifully unenforceable. On the boardwalk, 75% of people were unmasked. In town, 50% of people on the sidewalks were unmasked. Miami has lower activity than much of the state at 60% of normal. It was enough for humanity starved soul like me. The restaurants were packed, no plexiglass in sight, and only those catering to the most affluent appeared to have any reduced capacity at all. But the bars, my God, the bars inside, outside, it didn't matter. People were alive. COVID courtesy was forgotten. People forgot your potential contagion and pushed past you in order to drink. Random strangers butted into your conversations. It was normal. I found myself excited by the smallest things, water fountains that worked. People stopped to help me up without a moment's pause when I tripped on my five-inch heels. One of the things that struck me more than anything was resident Miamians' ability to do something as normal as being catty. I was so bemused talking to a woman who was complaining about how fake people there were. It made me realize the social riches we used to enjoy and that they still enjoy, the ability not just to be around people, but to be exposed to such a short fit of humanity that you might have the luxury of choosing with whom you wanted to associate or not. She talked about how nice it was to be around someone normal. I told her I felt the same way and didn't mention that now I was just happy to be around anyone at all. It's probably worth noting that the world is truly bizarre, a bizarre place when you go to Miami in search of normal or take comfort in being called normal by someone from Miami. But this is where we are, a world where Florida is a shining ray of hope for humanity. And um, you know, to me, what this tells me, again, it's not, it's by no means perfect, but the momentum is there. <clears throat> government does have a lot of influence, and the governor there and all the notoriety around what he's doing, it is having its effect on the private sector. Now, look, it's going to take a lot of time, and I do think we need lawsuits. But this is this is really where our organization is going to come into play. you got to build that momentum, and the more you make it normal, the more it becomes normal. If you just sit there and say it's hopeless, it will. It, it's a self fulfilling prophecy. Um, you know, if you want to get to twenty percent normalcy, you got to get to ten percent, and that's the thing. You got to push the momentum back in the other way. I mean, I'm fine. I mean, I'm not fine with it. But if if we continue this dystopian phenomenon of People walking around with masks, I'm fine as long as we could have some people not doing it and not getting in trouble and harassed. You know that that, that that's fine. It's 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 a free choice. Even though, ironically, as I said before, um, truth be told, it spreads it more. So it's funny. I t told you about this uh, 
data in Oklahoma. So it's funny. They actually literally they have mask cities and non-mask areas. And and they do it and they have it adjusted. It's a seven-day average. And they have it adjusted per hundred thousand. Okay, per hundred thousand people. So they compare because you know, a lot of people will say, like, look, you know, um, it's always the bigger places that are more liberal, and if they're more liberal, they're more likely to have a mask mandate. So like Oklahoma City versus, you know, other places in Oklahoma. But basically, if you look at um mask cities in November. Okay, so this is the change, the percentage change from November 1st to January 12th. Now, as I noted, they stopped tracking it after that because people were paying attention, but that's also an important benchmark because that's when the winter curve started to go down, maybe a little later in some places, but around then. So that that's a pretty good metric that they actually have because November 1st to January 12th is very much encompasses that large increase. Before then, it was kind of dormant for several months. That was the whole winter spread. So this is a very nice apples-to-apples apples comparison. This was a universal spread. It spread everywhere. This was the big winter seasonal spread. Every state, every county, No, there was no place in the country it didn't go up, and almost everywhere very significantly. Percentage change in cases in the mast area was, it went up, again, from November 1st to January 12th, 292%, whereas in the no mask areas, it went up 155%. You know, those might all sound like big numbers, but that is a very big difference. That's almost double. It's almost double the rate, the growth rate in cases. And, you know, at some point, this has got to matter. Again, I like being scientific, and I don't think we have enough to prove causation, but it sure is getting pretty close to that. And if we follow their standards of evidence, then by a mile, we could we could literally say it spreads it more, which common sense dictates. Fauci and Jerome Adams said that, and any way you slice it, apples to apples comparison, you will always see that there's more cases where they have a mask mandate. And by the way, today, Rand Paul is being berated for not wearing a mask on the Senate floor. Kudos to him for holding his ground. But again, you understand the insanity. Rand Paul had the virus already, and they're treating it as if it doesn't matter. And I told you guys this. I said, look, if they are going to treat natural infection as if you didn't get infected, then even their stupid vaccine is going to be the same thing. And that's why, indeed, now we are at the point where, you know, whatever. The vaccine's nothing. Now, speaking of Florida, just going to do a little round robin here of some news stories. My buddy Ian Miller put out an amazing, amazing chart. So this guy, this Dr. Cleveland, this doctor from Arizona that that put out a video of this uh, food store in Naples, Florida, that people, the cashiers weren't wearing masks, and it was truly beautiful. They were talking to each other, and you know he was saying they, they should all die, um, which is fine. Like Everyone's appalled by what he said. I love that mentality. I mean, I don't, but you, you get my point. From a policy standpoint, look, if your mentality is, I'm wearing my mask, you're stupid, you're going to die. Now, you're wrong about that, but that's your right to think that. So we'll die, and you should be happy. There'll be less of us around, right? Why do you have to force us? But anyway, what Ian Miller put out was, this doctor is from Yuma, Arizona, which has a mask mandate. And he compared it to a similar county, Collier County, which is the county where... Actually, Collier is not similar. I mean, that, that's the county in Florida he was attacking... Collier actually has, I think it has more people. I'll have to check that up. I think it's even a bigger county. Guess what? Collier County, flat curve. I, I don't see the scale. I'm looking at it from far away now. 
but go to Ian Miller's Twitter thread. It's it's unbelievable. His own county has demonstrably more cases and deaths. It's a smaller county than the county he's making fun out of without the mask mandate. I mean, this is Orwellian, utterly Orwellian. Just going through again, a couple more roundup stories for the end of the week um, before we sign off here. My buddy, Alexander Rogers, I think he does listen to the show. You could follow him at GB Millennial on Twitter. He tweeted out, I love this. So mask cultists, your mask stops a 0.6 micron virus, right? Well, pepper spray aerosols range from 1 to 30 microns. Would would you be willing to put your money where your mouth is and test the short burst uh, for, from this? It can stop a coronavirus. Surely it could stop pepper spray, right? So that's his pepper spray challenge. So maybe that's something you should try out on the Karens. Um, one more story I want to share with you guys. I want to share with you guys. Really two more things I want to go over. I want to go back to one other point. So we talked about this woman who moved from Massachusetts to Florida. This is not a joke. This is from MassLive.com. Prisoners in Massachusetts won't get reduced sentences for COVID vaccine after Baker administration rescinds offer made by DOC. Now, I hope it's rescinded, but basically, before the governor rescinded it, they were actually, the Department of Corrections was offering up to 7.5 days of good time earned to prisoners if they get the coronavirus uh, vaccine. They were offering prisoners good time credits for getting a vaccine. I want you to think about the profundity of that dystopian way of thinking. The, the It's not that their, their moral compass is off. It's that it's 180 degrees backwards. They view criminals as awesome. They view COVID as the only crime. The COVID vaccine is such a religion that they're willing to let people out of jail for it. Oh, but then it's not such a religion because it doesn't even work that much because you still have to wear a mask afterwards, right? Well, again, because it's not about COVID. COVID is not really the religion. Despotism is the religion. So whatever achieves their goal, letting out their army, they're criminals, that achieves their goal. Forcing vaccines on people achieves their goal. But then again, if you force a vaccine, then the virus is over, right? So then that doesn't achieve the goal of fascism. So that they have it both ways. You have the vaccine, but then you have to wear a mask. My point being, you cannot live with these people. America is gone. The Constitution is gone. It's been gone by a mile. It's not our job to save it, nor can we save it. America and the Constitution are one of the most important things, but at the end of the day, it's a thing. It's an earthly thing. It's not a god godly thing. You can even make an important thing an idolatry. And too many of us have this feeling we have to save America. I will tell you, and hopefully you guys aren't insulted by this, but I think you know where I'm coming from. My goal is not to be a sanctuary, a tabernacle. Well, I don't use the word Sanctuaries in like a sanctuary county, but like a tabernacle where you exude, you radiate God's divine presence to other people and you, and you spread it and you, you make other people holy. That's a lofty goal. We are well beyond that where our ability is to do that. We need more of an ark, a Noah's ark, not a tabernacle where we are just simply evacuating and saving ourselves. That is the goal to have isolated sanctuaries for liberty that are more like Noah's ark where the most likely areas of the country to succeed, which is why I'm just not going to expend, at this point, precious resources on places like my state of Maryland. It's gone. But the question is, are there places where we could... I'm sick of doing for other people, trying to save other people's causes. We need a place where we could live unmolested by the FBI for freedom of speech, no COVID fascism. Kids could at least grow up normally. That's all we ask, which is why I'm kind of done with trying to save the federal budget. 
I mean, we tried everything we could. They don't listen. What are we going to do already? There's nothing we can do. So screw it. You want to go bankrupt? Go bankrupt. We have to disentangle ourselves from it rather than save it. It's, it. You can't save a dead horse. We need to recreate some sort of safe space for ourselves. And I think that's ultimately the goal. You go and find me a county where you could live. I know, again, some in Florida. Maybe there are some counties in Florida. It's certainly not true across the board. Remember when this woman was talking about Miami, she was talking about outdoors. You know, the number of people not wearing a mask. And that, that's crazy that we're even talking about that. But anyway, I want to share that story with you. One other point that ties into this. And again, it's it's somewhat controversial what I'm saying, even to conservatives. And I know this slays a lot of sacred cows that we've believed in. But another one is I want to close with the military. And I, I really, I say this with a lot of trepidation. But I'm going to ask you, and, and tell me if you disagree with me. I really want you to email me, dharowitz at blazemedia.com, if you think I'm going overboard here. But mo- most of the military burden is shouldered by a very small percentage of Americans. It's often you know military families, we have a lot in this audience, that they constantly, their parents went, the kids go, multiple siblings. My question is, is it time for us to, isn't it time for you guys to say no and just we're not going to, our kids that are turning 18 or whatever age, we're not going to sign up for ROTC. If we're going to have a military now where the Secretary of Defense is openly saying he's having a 60-day suspension of operations to vet for right-wing extremism, plus they're making them wear masks all day, outdoors, everywhere, that is a human rights abuse, plus on top of it, your mission is going to be ill-defined, undefined. You're going to be fighting for other countries with, I mean, you're, you know, all the the progress that Trump created on foreign policy is being reversed. It's not like you're going to fight China, a righteous fight. You're going to fight the wrong fight with the wrong tools, with the wrong rules of engagement. You'll get prosecuted if you do a good job anyway. Heck, you might even be used, certainly National Guard, but even maybe eventually non-National Guard units against Americans. I, I say that with a lot of pain in my heart. Constitution, America, military, even the most important things that we believe in, you could reach a time where categorically obsessing about it without any nuance is an idolatry itself. Good things could become an idolatry. It's the same thing we talk about with these people where the left will basically get us in a catch-22 and make it that we have no way of living because they violate every facet of natural law, much less every constitutional clause. And we're like, well, um, I don't know if statute permits the state legislature to come back in session. Well, I don't know if the 12th Amendment really meant that you could vote against certification of the election and in Congress. Well, did it mean you could literally abolish election day? which I've talked about so many times, it's in federal law and the Constitution. Did it mean you could use COVID to remake an election, to remake society, to remake our rights? So they get to violate every facet of the black and white Constitution, and you have a gray area you're obsessing about. When Again, we're not doing it to retaliate. We're doing it to address their thing. In other words, we're, I'm not saying that, look, They lock us up, so if we get power, we should, I don't know, lock up Jake Tapper or something, or lock up the liberal media for spreading their lies. No, we're saying it purely defensive. So you can make saving America, saving the Constitution, and the military an idolatry. What if we left, we say, okay, you want a military only of left-wingers? Go have at it. Try recruiting your um, doped-up, drugged-up, hippie Antifa guy to be in the military. I want to know your thoughts on that. Am I am I crossing a sacred line by saying that? I've been thinking about this for e- even before this, just with the ill-defined missions and the rules of engagement, but certainly now with the mass fascism, the uh, human rights abuses, and the purging. What are you going to do in the military other than live in a concentration camp? What are you going to do where Christianity is purged where everything's transgender and homosexual, where 
you know, men are women and women are men, where the entire purpose of having a military is to have women in combat, where it's used against Americans, where you get punished for, for taking your mask off outdoors, where you get sent over to fight someone else's battles, but not at our border for the invasion. I, I, I don't I don't know, but I don't understand. If I had kids closer to that age, I don't understand under what justification I could encourage them to sign up. And again, I, I really say that with a lot of trepidation because I don't want to, you know, it, it truly is amazing that despite these circumstances, people still are signing up. And I, I, I am very woe to, very reluctant to talk that down because it comes from a, a really good place. But again, it's something to consider. Folks, it's been a long week. I'm tired. I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys at Front Sight Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'll, I'm going to leave Thursday afternoon. Um, so maybe those of you who are coming for the second shift might be able to catch me on Thursday morning if you come to Front Sight early enough. Um, certainly, I'll be there for the first shift. The the three and five day class is starting February 7th. Again, there's more in March. I'll probably be at the May 30th one is the one after that. Make sure you sign up for that. And again, we're going to have Constitution Action Network. It's going to be conaction.network. Depending on when you hear this show, the site might be up. It's it's not going to be much on it, but you'll be able to sign up and give us your state, and we'll be able to group people by state and eventually create the state groups. I'm very excited about this. We're going to create our Noah's Ark, our safe spaces. I'm so thankful for your willingness to volunteer. A lot of people have emailed to help with IT, which I'm really bad with. There's a couple people doing that and other ideas. No idea is too big or small. It will be a little bit rough with email because I'm just going to be you know, meeting people, shooting, training with people. I have my phone off for much of the day. And certainly not going to be at my desk. The shows are going to be a little bit irregular. We're going to have Monday's show pre-recorded. Um, and I'll be back Friday. In between, I'm taking out a microphone and a laptop. So I hope to do at least one other show in between that. This is going to be a little bit sparse, but we'll make up for it. Have a terrific weekend. Let's pray to God for salvation. Let's keep the good fight. Thank you.